Blog Talk Radio. We've gotta be the body to rock it like we're never gonna see it again. We are exploding, the world is gonna know it. We rock it like you're never gonna see us again. Come on over. Come on over. Good evening, everyone. It's 11 p.m. and Pure Gold is once again live and on the air for this Thursday night, August 18th, 2016. Welcome to the show that covers everything and anything and tells it like it is. We haven't been on for like four, three, two months. My name is Joe Buccino, JB, and my co-host is DG. Sir, how are you? I'm doing good, sir. Has it really been that long? I don't remember the last time we did a show, to be honest with you. Uh, I got to check this out. Um, anyway, folks, <laughs> thank you for tuning in. As always, we love to have you a part of the program. Please make sure you check out all of our past episodes. Check out PureGoPG.com. Give us a call here at the phone number, uh, you know, 877 uh, 3 or uh, the preferred number, I guess, would be 929-477-2593. We're going to be joined tonight by the one and only, the incomparable Pete McCarthy, host of Sports Zone 710. I don't even know if that's the correct name, to be honest with you, but um, I know it's WOR Sports Zone, but... Trying to get that, trying to get that correction from Pete before we introduce him later. So excited about that, sir! <laughs> Our first guest in, I don't even know how long, and I'm checking to see. It's actually been no, it's been a month since we did a show. Okay, so it's basically our Almost first exactly guest since, uh, since Michelle hung up on us uh, abruptly. <laughs> yeah, IBS Michelle, that was great. I just, I'm glad she doesn't listen to it because she probably be very upset at us saying those terrible things about it. You know what's interesting, so you're going to find this fascinating. I just realized, and of course, typical PG, typical, you know, incorrect, inappropriate, just offensive PG, as it were. Not because of anything we say, but just because of the stupidity that happens on this program. Sir, do you realize that today is allegedly supposed to be episode 195? Did you know that? And tell me why this uh, is such an allegedly, supposedly, where are we trying to get to the Maybe, point here? Maybe, possibly, because I just realized before the show started that somewhere along the line, a mistake was made, and really, we're about on episode 197. When we, when we celebrate episode 100, it was episode uh, 101. When we celebrate yep. episode 150, it was like 152, you know, or whatever it was. We've been off for years on our numbering, and somewhere along the line, one of our producers, the, the, the many that we've had, screwed up, and we've been celebrating the incorrect anniversary of every episode pretty much forever. So now this actually puts us very close to 200, which is awesome. But again, typical PG fashion, uh, everything has been wrong for the past, like, four years. Well, that's good to know that we're only three away, and uh, this, this must mean that when we get to 200, allegedly, supposedly, for real, uh, we will have uh, plenty of guests from uh, the show's past, and uh, we'll probably do a show in person. Yeah, definitely, maybe, possibly. It's just funny because, uh, you know, our, our anniversary shows, like the one year, two year, three year, all that stuff technically was wrong because the anniversary date was a week or two before that, but that's kind of, you know, irrelevant. 
the the numbering is what throws me off because episode 150 wasn't 150 and episode 175 was not 175. So I was trying to make some corrections before the show started, but you know, eventually uh, I'm sure that I'll take care of that. But the funny thing is, if you're you know at home listening to the show, you say, oh, episode 191, let me check this out, and we're over here talking about how it's episode 189 or something. I mean, you know, again, typical PG. What can I tell you, sir? Wait, what, is that, what is the what point? Is Oh, geez. I mean, I don't know why you have to be so so awful and, and so hurtful, sir. I mean, really, it's just... What's the name of your show? Uh, pure Gold. Pure Gold. Yes, sir. I got two words. Oh, sorry, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Go to hell! Uh, what do you so think Yeah, uh, Yeah, it's interesting that we miscount things. I mean, that's just typical of us. If it's not technical difficulties, it's miscounting. It's, no, wait, it's, no, it's no, no, wait a second. No, wait a second, Dave. Wait, Dave, Dave. First of all, wait, wait, first of all, wait a second. Wait a second, David, for a second. Let me stop. Wait a second. That's you... <laughs> you know, so like pretty much every Mike interview where he just argues yeah. with the, uh, yeah. the callers. I was actually, I was talking to Mike while he was on vacation. He was talking about pure gold and he was saying, Please I mean, come on, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what he was saying about the Mets, sir. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's the way he was going with that. Because uh, I don't know, I don't even know where you want to start. I guess we shouldn't even go into the Mets. Because at some point, Pete is going to come on the show. But I tell you, what an absolute disgrace this team is. But, again, if you want to save that for when uh, our boy comes on there, then, you know, what? we could always just wait for that. You talk about something else, sir. I mean, you know, you, you, you run the show, sir. You're the boss. I'm just here. I'm one of the peons who serves under you. Right. Let me just say that if it wasn't for this one um, topic that I have tonight, we'd probably have nothing to talk about because, again, uh, we haven't had a show in about a month, and the Mets have uh, completely flopped. They're right around hovering at 500. So what else is there to talk about other than the fact that I found a, a new show, and we can discuss this until Pete comes on, on HBO by accident, by the way. I was flipping through the channels, and I saw this one show called uh, The Night Of. I'm sure you've heard of it, sir. And um, oh, it's a miniseries <laughs> based on criminal justice, a BBC series. And I got to admit, though, sir, I am hooked. I love the show. I love the series. Uh, obviously, there's definitely flaws about it because we pick, we nitpick definitely, at everything. Obviously. We think, we think, You're hooked on the bad crack. That is yeah, we think crack. everything's negative. So the, this show is, is like we, we pick it, we rip it apart, too. But, sir, I, at least it made the summer go by, and soon we're into football season. And we can actually have legit shows and talk about Jets and Giants other than the Mets because, you know, their season's over. Yeah, because I'm, I'm sure that you and I are going to have legit shows and we're actually going to do what we say we're going to do. You realize that we did one We did, like, one show in August. One, literally. We did one in July. No, actually, I'm sorry. This is the one show in August. We did one in July. We did three in June, one in May, one in April, one in March. And two oh, uh, in... is that all? <laughs> is that all? Wait, you know what? For this entire year, let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. This is the 13th show we have done this entire year. And we're in the eighth month of the year, sir. How is that even possible? I mean, how, how is that possible, sir? The lack of uh, interest has definitely uh, contributed to our uh, lack of shows. Well, listen, the fact that you – see, this is, this is what gives me no hope for the show. The fact that you have come up with excuses to not do the show, that to me just sends a message like, we're done. 
Because, all right, me, I, I'm always making excuses, but you, the fact that you've pretty much decided, you know what, oh, yeah, I don't want to do a show today. Oh, is this person coming out? Yeah, let's not do a show. I mean, that, that's when it gets bad, sir. That's when it's like, you know what, back up the truck, let's end this. I mean, I was hoping at one point we'd be taking over for Mike and Chris. That obviously didn't happen. Hoping for one point we take over for, uh, you know, uh, for Mike by himself, not going to happen. I mean, it's just an absolute disgrace, sir. What we do, what we don't do, it's just an absolute joke is all I can tell you, sir. So what about the show the night of after that nice little rant? <laughs> <laughs> um, ah, it's, it's a great show. Uh, what are you what are you <laughs> We talk about this all the time. See, folks, the thing that you don't realize is that Joe and I, basically, we just email each other. We don't work, just so you know. We have real we jobs, but we don't actually do anything. We literally just sit there and, you know, thank God, you know, none of your coworkers or boss are listening to it. My coworkers, I mean, you know, it's pretty much the only thing I could say about that would be, uh, let's see, where is it? Um, hold on a second. So I'm looking for, I'm looking for Mistake! Yeah, that's pretty much all there is to say about my coworkers. But um, Joe and I just talk, rant, rant all day long about nonsense that we're going to talk on the show. And then we never end up doing the show, which is the best part. Um, but aside from that, we talk about this all the time. We've literally talked this to death through email. So, Joe, why don't you tell because I have no interest in this. Why don't you tell us what you think about the night of Because, you know, we've gone through this a million times. Tell us, please, sir. Well, clearly it's an, AB, uh, it's an HBO miniseries based on a criminal justice uh, show. The show is called Criminal yeah, Justice. Yeah, clearly. Clearly. And it's about a murder mystery. Thank you. It's a murder mystery, and uh, more than that, I feel like it's more oh, of a take uh, on this. Is that all? <laughs> is that all? Listen, this is what I have to say to Nas. Shame on you! <laughs> <laughs> we even get to talk about who Nas is before you do that. Joe in Wallington. What's up, Joe? Hey, Mike. <laughs> all right, talk to us. What happened to Nas? Uh, Nas. Who is Nas? Who's this Nas? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's Again, it's this murder mystery, but more than anything about this gentleman that uh, takes probably every single mistake in the book in terms of just going out uh, out on the town, if if you will, uh, to New York City, meets a girl, does drugs, does alcohol, does does a, a girl, I guess he does, right? <laughs> and ends up... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, we're definitely not in the PG. It's 11 o'clock where the PG is off right now for us, apparently. Definitely, maybe. So anyway, the the show, the movie, the miniseries, whatever you want to call it, just starts out with that. And then, you know, Nas, who's the main character, who is now being accused of murder, wakes up and decides, you know, like, where the hell am I? <laughs> Runs out of this girl's apartment that he, or house. Oh, baby! So how about those Mets? <laughs> hey guys, this is Brittany Don Brandon, Miss Arizona USA 2011. Oh, Live. Nobody cares about that. No offense, Brittany Don, whatever your name is now. Listen, Pete's going to be on the show in like four minutes, so you literally have four minutes to talk about the night out. All right, the show's on HBO. It's an eight-part miniseries. I, 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 there's a lot of things about the show that I do like. Of course, I wish you would have warned me of certain things before I watched them, you know, with the volume up. But my only, I think my biggest complaint about the show is the fact that it's too long. You know, if they had made this a Netflix series, like a 10 episode, 13 episode, all right. But they spent a lot of time meandering and kind of wasting time. And now it seems that you're finally getting to the point. 
So I would say that's my big knock on the show, sir. But other than that, I mean, definitely good storytelling. It's got a great theme, great acting. You know, uh, g- give me your, your positives on it first, sir. I think the positives are definitely, like you said, the acting and the script um, are really done well. The actors are good. I don't even know how to pronounce the guy's name. Riz Ahmed and John Turturro really. I think it's Riz. Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed. Um, yeah, they they really steal the show in terms of their acting, and I think they You're should be up ethnic for Emmys. Here on Pure Gold. Yeah, totally ethnic. Uh, okay. but, yeah, they you, know. should, you you really think that Emmys? Are you kidding me? You think that Nas deserves an Emmy for that role? I think at least John Turturro does. He just he just sits there with puppy dog eyes and looks at everybody, and then they make comments about that every episode. So how, I mean, for that, you just take a sack of wheat flour and let that be in the corner, and that could be, uh, you know, best supporting actor, bag of, bag of wheat. <laughs> All right, so since you've decided to rip this show to no end, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, my thing is, like I said, I think it's a good show. I think it's something worth watching. At first, I, you know, you have to, basically what happened is Joe had to explain the entire premise of the show and everything about the show and basically go line for line on the first episode with me so I'd understand what it was before I watched it. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, he he tells me, hey, you should watch this with your wife. And I'm like, oh, great. Joe's giving me a, last time I take Joe's advice, by the way, Joe's giving me some good advice on something to watch with my wife. I watched, after he explains it to me, I'm like, yeah, she'll, Kelly will never watch that. She'll hate this show, which I was right because I told her about it. She absolutely despised it. But the premise of it is interesting. Again, it's just the fact that it seems to be to have taken so long to get to the point. Um, you know, you start watching it, you start getting into it, you start wondering what's going on, and then they spend 20 minutes on somebody's feet. And then, you know, all these different medications and stuff. It, it's just, you got to admit, they got to trim the fat. This show could have been six episodes and it would have been dynamic, sir. Spectacular. No, I agree. I agree. The, the thing that really intrigues me, I guess, if anything else, is that the criminal justice system is exactly what the – the, the night of por- portrays. I really think that that's how the criminal justice system works, where there's a slow wheel to justice, there's a lot of bureaucracy, there's a lot of BS, and uh, if you're caught at the wrong place, the wrong time, like I feel like Nas is, the character, I feel like, you know, he could easily get convicted of this murder. I mean, all the evidence is pointing towards him. I think that's stealing a line right from uh, Box, who's the detective in the show. Um, but all the, all the evidence is pointing to him, so how can you not convict him unless they come up with the last two episodes where they find the person or they have videotape of this person actually killing this girl, Andrea, in her house while um, um, Nas was, like, passed out in the kitchen with the refrigerator open, then, of course, I think Nas is going to get convicted and go to jail. Was the fridge open? Because I don't remember that. Yes, it was. When he, when he woke up, the fridge was open. I feel, like, I feel like they wasted so much time just setting it up that it, now it's really like, all right, let's get to the point. Again, I think this this show would have been best served if it had been on Netflix, and not necessarily Netflix, but the Netflix, you know, idea of let's say 13 episodes you binge watch and you can watch the whole thing in one shot. Waiting every week is, is driving me nuts, even though there's only two weeks left. Really, one week left is this week and then next week. So by the end right. of the month, you know, by the time SummerSlam's over, basically, you'll have find out who did it. But the, the fact that they take so long to introduce even the possibility of anybody else being the murderer, that's kind of an issue for me, but... We're going to have to stop right there for a second, put a pause on that, because, again, you know, this topic, we can always continue it later. We are joined by the host of WOR Sports Zone on 710 AM, the incomparable Pete McCarthy. Pete, how are you doing this evening, sir? Yeah, all is well. Just checking out the Mets game. What's going on, guys? Yeah, no, no, we're just sitting here. I'm not sure if you've seen this show, Pete. Uh, Not what we're going to talk about, but just throwing it out there. 
we were talking about the night of uh, on HBO. Have you ever seen it? I have not yet, uh, but I've heard a good thing. Yeah, we were. Well, I was just ripping it to shreds, but you know, I just like to nitpick everything, so that's a whole other story. But uh, we were just talking about that, you know, kind of killing time before you joined us. But listen, Pete, I know you're limited on time, so let's get right down to the point. Uh, the Mets season, you're somebody who obviously is, is close to the team. You're there, you know, you're, you're on 710, which is the Mets home station. Um, you're talking Mets all the time, pretty much on a daily basis. Give us your take. If you were to, if you were to sum it up, you know, bottom line it for us, will the Mets, in your opinion, make the playoffs this year? Now you got to say no right now with uh, the way that they've been playing for about three-something months and – uh, the only thing that they really have going for them is the schedule in September is cake. But, you know, listen, they just played nine games against Arizona and San Diego, and they went three and six, and those are last-place teams in the NL West. So, um, you know, they've had so many injuries this year, so many issues, and it's uh, it's just been, a you know, really a major disappointment considering the expectations going in. So, listen, they have a chance. They'll get Cespedes back tomorrow and, you know, Cabrera as well, and, uh, you know, maybe they could put together some kind of run, but you know, with all the teams they have to pass in the wild card standings now, the odds are definitely stacked against them. Now, Pete, you you touched upon the injuries, which is uh, my follow-up question to you is, um, given the fact that next year hopefully we'll have Harvey Beck and, and possibly Wheeler, would you hopefully. go and trade one of those top-notch pitchers that uh, the Mets really covet? Even though, um, you know, this is the future of the Mets – the Mets starting pitching is their strength. Would you go out and trade one of those starting pitchers for a bona fide outfielder or infielder, a stud like a you know a everyday player? Because normally you don't want to trade one of those aces that could potentially be. But with with injuries abroad, I think that the Mets, considering that they pretty much were putrid with runners in scoring position, <laughs> need to uh, need to freshen up their lineup. Uh, what do you th- what are your thoughts about trading one of the the, the big guys for uh, sure. Like I, I think it's got to be on the table because Johannes Despedes is the ability to opt out. He could be one of the premier free agents available. And while every Mets fan would want Despedes back, you know there is a certain limit to how many years you would be willing to give. I, I know right. you know, he's 31 years old. Would you want to give him a six-year contract and have him at no. 35, 36, 37 years old? I mean, where do you draw that line? So if he's going to go out and find that elsewhere, well, you already have a broken offense, and now you're losing the most productive player there. And there's no other free agents that are really great fits. So I think you have to consider dealing one of those starters. But if you start to look at who you can deal, well, Harvey is coming off the thoracic outlet syndrome, so this isn't the offseason to deal him. Right. Um, Syndergaard, I I wouldn't want to deal him. Uh, and then I think it's kind of Mats and DeGrom, and boy, you know, I, I, I like both those guys, but I think <laughs> you would have to consider it this off season If you can fill two positions that you need, whether it's a, a young catcher, young outfielder, you name it, uh, you have to at least explore it, I think, a lot more than, you know, it was worth exploring in years past. And it's interesting, Pete, because you touched on something, um, you know, one of our follow-up questions was going to be about Cespedes. Now, I feel like it's almost like a double-edged sword in his situation because, yeah, he'll probably be like the cream of the crop if he decides to opt out. I'm not sure who's going to give him more than the $25 million, you know, per se the Mets have on the table, probably something comparable, maybe more years. But considering he's coming off injury, he's been slumping for a while. 
is this the kind of year that he would really want to go out there and test the free agent market? I mean, I guess yeah, the he's only had a thing great would be. Year. Well, yeah, I know. Mean, I, I think he would that, do very well. Okay, well, the reason I say that is because, you know, again, he's been injured for the past couple of weeks. Hopefully he'll come back and he'll be good. Um, the team has mm-hmm. not been great. I mean, I would think that his stats should be better than they are. And I'm not knocking stats, but I love him. I think he's, a, he's an awesome player. Well, they, they um, went to the World Series last year, and he sacrificed to some degree or at least stepped up to the team and played center field over that whole run. And then he becomes a free agent, and no team gave him the kind of money or long-term deal that I think everybody expected him to get. Right. They didn't reward him for being on a winning team. They didn't reward him for playing center field. And he had to settle for what's essentially a Band-Aid contract with the Mets with the opt-out and a three-year deal. So, I mean, I don't think that, uh, you know, the Mets having a losing season is going to, you know, be a, any kind of bad cologne for UNF Cespedes. I think the fact that uh, he's been productive over the course of this season and when you consider that there aren't, there isn't a Justin Upton, there isn't a Jason Hayward on the market this year, he's the guy. So, uh, I think it'll break a lot differently for him this time around. Going into next season, uh, Pete, do you think that David Wright, is there a chance in your opinion that he's going to retire or you think he's going to try and make a comeback? And will that hinder the Mets um, next year? I think that this is going to be the key subplot of the offseason, at least past Cespedes. But, I um, mean, if you're a, a longtime Mets fan, I think this is going to kind of pull at your heartstrings a little bit because David Wright wants to play. Everything that he has said uh, since he had the neck surgery is that he wants to be on this team. Uh, he wants to be back next season. He wants to continue to play baseball. And he has a contract to do it. Uh, there's not much that the Mets can really do, um, you know, to, to force his hand to, to retire or anything along those lines. So if David Wright wants to play, well, how do the Mets make that work? You can't go into next season, as he did this year, saying David Wright's going to be the everyday third baseman. He's not capable of doing it. And right. when he's not starting at third base, he's not a functional bench player because he has to loosen up that back, and he has some issues pinch hitting uh, over the course of this year where uh, he was able to pinch hit, but the next day you know, the back acted up on him and he wasn't able to play. So, Maybe Jose Reyes becomes that backup plan at third base and they split some time over there, but you're basically playing a man down every time David Wright doesn't start at third base. So, I mean, that is a a very tricky area for a franchise player and, you know, whether or not the Mets are better off with or without David Wright going into next year. Yeah, and that's a good point. I mean, I I look at David Wright, and honestly, I wish he would retire. First of all, for his sake, I mean, he just had a baby you know, to enjoy the rest of his life and not continue. Because the, the struggles that he goes through to get up on a daily basis to get to the park, you know, when he was there, um, you know, it was documented and stuff. And, you know, you got to feel bad for the guy. Um, with that being said, I, I when the Mets made that offer to him, I, I, I hate huge contracts. I always have. And I looked at that and I was like, oh, this is going to be bad. Nobody thought he'd have these back issues. But, you know, here we are now. The Mets are in a tough spot. But I look at this team, you know, and I think about last year. The Mets made it to the World Series. Um, I'm not going to say with smoke and mirrors, but the fact that the Nationals were, were injury-ridden like crazy helped them. This year it's almost like a complete role reversal where the Nationals have been a, you know, pretty much a great team all year, and the Mets, who we expected to do something, just like we expected the Nationals last year, have just been beset with injuries. Pretty much everybody in the team has been out, which is amazing. The fact that they're even still in the hunt, it, it's, a, it, it's mind-boggling to me. But when you look at this team, um, Pete, 
and you look at the fact that they're terrible with runners in scoring position, it doesn't seem like that's going to change. What could they possibly do for next year? Again, free agent class being what it is, what changes can this team really make to improve on these things for next year? Because to me, this year is pretty much a lost cause. So give us your take on that if you could. Yeah, like we talked about earlier, I think that's why you really consider making a big trade and uh, perhaps moving one of these young pitchers because there's not another natural way to to shake up the lineup and, and change the lineup up. So, um, I, I mean, uh, you don't say it lightly that you consider dealing a DeGrom who, you know, has been awesome this season or, you know, a Steven Max who has the ability to be one of the top lefties in the game. But, I, I mean, th- I think this is kind of you know, where the Mets are going to be if they're going to shake it up. I mean, the other thing that you can look at, and I suppose we need to – you know, find out more from the Mets as to why they think that they've been so bad with runners in scoring position this year is just a, a change in philosophy in those situations. Do they look at, you know, how they approached it bats with runners in scoring position and say, we need to alter this, we need the guys to be more aggressive in those situations, and we're not getting strikeouts and pop-ups and all that. Uh, but if they don't think that it's broken, you know, let's say um, based on approach, then you got to, you know, shake up the players a little bit. And trades are really... Uh, I think uh, the way to go about it, for the, the way this Mets team is set up. Pete, I know that uh, you, you gave us a lot of information there in 10 minutes, and we really do appreciate it, since, especially since the Mets are playing right now, and uh, you definitely have a job to do. But we do appreciate your insight and your take, and we'd love to have you back on at another time. We could dive into more Mets stuff, uh, talk um, a little slower, and uh, get more in-depth, if you will. But we do really yeah. appreciate you coming on. No, it was great coming on. Uh, you know, sorry I had some limited time tonight, but uh, you know, sometime yeah. in the off season we can do something a little more. Really enjoyed uh, being on with you guys. Thanks. And look, oh, we appreciate it so much. How about for timing? <laughs> <laughs> Take care, sir. Have a great night. All right. Take it easy, again. <laughs> folks, the one and only Pete McCarthy, W O R Sports Zone on seven ten. Um, I have no idea what he said at the end there about the match. So did something happen? Because all I heard was Pete Young. I heard um, some, like, uh, in the background. I think I, I heard Howie Rose say, uh, Pete, you're fired. And uh, <laughs> he was like, what? <laughs> um, the, the Mets are winning 4 nothing, sir, so I'm not sure if something just happened. I think we missed something, so. Then we missed a grand slam, yeah. actually. <laughs> Did we really? And we must have missed a grand slam. If it was nothing, nothing, all of a sudden it's 4 nothing. Let me see here. All right, so you know, well, of course, I mean, you and I are sitting here doing a show on the Mets are playing, so of course we missed everything. Yep, um, it was Ruggiano. It's a grand slam. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, Ruggiano. Who the hell's Ruggiano? <laughs> Justin Ruggiano. I even know he's back. <laughs> he had a grand slam, apparently, so the Mets are winning 4 nothing against uh, the, the soon-to-be World Series champions, <laughs> San Francisco Giants. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, aren't they due for another world championship? It's been now what? This is this is the year that they they win, isn't it? Yeah, because they won in 2010, 2012, 2014, and now it'll be 2016. Yes, they do follow the every other year pattern. Yes. All right, so definitely the we got to pick the Giants to win it all. Um, <laughs> I told Pete, I said, hey, how funny is it you hit a grand slam? Uh, Ruggiano hit a grand slam, and you hung up. He goes, perfect. Show us good luck. <laughs> yeah, if only Pete knew that we are pretty much a curse to everything. And you know, Pete, hopefully he won't be on the on the unemployment line by the time uh, we talk to him again, because you know he may end up being the third co-host of uh, of Pure Gold, sir, because uh, things are going to go that bad for him. Poor guy. Um, it yeah, was great yeah. having him on. I, I don't think that we've ever had an interview 
where we were so pressed for time. I mean, Michelle, she's like, wait, that's it? Ten minutes? I got to go. <laughs> but with Pete, I, we knew in advance it was going to be a, a short one, but we really had to just kind of hit it hard, and uh, it was good. There was like a rapid-fire, you know, quick, uh, quick little thing there. Yeah, I think Pete is on the same page as us. I think that Wright, uh, David Wright, is going to be a hindrance to the Mets and what they decide to do next year. They, the, the, Mets need a, the Mets need a big bat at first base and third base. And with those injuries to Duda <laughs> well, and Wright. Technically, I, don't they have a big bat at first base and Duda? I mean, I know he's injured, but, I mean, can you count uh, him out? I mean, he doesn't have uh, injuries per se that um, David Wright has. Although it is amazing. And, man, damn it, I wish I had asked Pete this. I'm just fascinated by the fact and this is something I really wish I had asked him, but I hadn't written it down. How is it that Mets players never come back from injury? How is it that guys go down, you know, oh, well, Duda was going to be six weeks. It pretty much ended up being like six months, and I don't think he's coming back at any point this season. Um, Zach Wheeler was supposed to come back about after the trade deadline. Uh, his season's over. Um, who else? I'm surprised. I'd be surprised if Cespedes and uh, Cabrera even, even step foot on the field and they don't get injured. Again, and then, oh, you know what? We misdiagnosed them, and they have a, they have a horrible, debilitating disease, and their careers are both over. Yeah, at this like, point, how is it that the Mets seem to be the only team to have that problem? No, they do, and it's it's not even this year. It's every year. I think that the Mets doctors are – Yeah, but this are, year it's I, more I mean, pronounced. Yeah. They're cursed. I mean, what else I tell you? They're cursed. Yeah, it's pretty bad there. But anyway, it was so, great having Pete on. It's, it's nice to have a, a guest who actually knows about sports. And I think he got the wrong idea from one of my questions when I was asking about Cespedes. I wasn't trying to knock Cespedes. I'm just saying he's injured. He's been injured. He's been slow technically for the past month or so. I mean, is this the year you want to be a free agent? I guess with nobody else out there. But if he, if he couldn't get a good contract last year, coming off an amazing year, an amazing run, you know, I, I don't know. I just can't imagine the team giving him more than what the Mets have given him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, especially if he if he gets he comes back tomorrow and he just you know flounders the rest of the year. I don't see how anybody wants to give him more than twenty seven million dollars uh, next year. Right, and, the, and again, that's you know that's our take on it, which of course is probably wrong because we're pure gold. But um, you know, anyway, sir, uh, you want to get back to the night of, or you want to keep talking mad, or you want to just hang up and call it to call it a night? No, so let's go just back finish to up with the numbering. Let's just finish up with the night of. I just want to say, other than. Uh, like we touch upon the writing, the acting is really good. Um, there's so many different things when you look at the show and you start to realize that there's so many suspects. And sometimes they say that the, well, the finally, easiest answer. They finally introduced other suspects because to me it was, it was just a bit too much on Nas all the time, which obviously, yeah. you know, realistically, who, who else would be the suspect? But, you know, finally, finally, uh, you know, somebody else is going to turn out and maybe this person did it or maybe this person did it. Oh, we've only got two episodes to go. Yeah, let's just start throwing stuff out there, see if it sticks. Yeah, and hopefully, I mean, for me, I, I'm not the type of person that, like, likes open-ended shows. Like, when it's over, I want to know some resolution. Like, people, I know you don't watch, I don't know, I know you didn't watch The Sopranos, but everyone complained, and even I complained about the ending. I saw the, the ending like, of the show, and, yeah. I, and I thought it was awful, and I had never seen the show. So if it ends like that, I'll, I'll be, like, kind of disappointed, because I thought the series was really good in terms of it, it was captivating, and I don't think I don't think you can end the show like that because the the British version have a definitive ending and I did, to me there's no way that there's not going to be um, an ending to this. Yeah, I mean, hopefully you're right. I mean, I, I I mean, I don't know. Again, I didn't read about criminal justice. I never saw the the BBC version of this. I don't know if they're following it exactly to the T, except it's in New York City versus somewhere else. Sure. So I'm not sure about that. Joe. Yeah. 
Are you still there? I didn't hear you. What was that? No, I said I'm not sure if the BBC version is following exactly what the, the Night Of is following. You mean the American version is following the BBC version? Because the BBC version came first. So, ergo, i.e., therefore, the American version would have to follow the British version. Right. Just throwing it out there. Just, you know, making just throwing it out there positively, definitely, maybe. Well, so, so what do you think? Wait, the four runs. Hold on a second there. The Mets got four runs for Noah Syndergaard. Um, sorry, Jacob DeGrom. Does that mean that they're not going to score again for the next six starts of his? Yeah, usually that's that's it for them. Um, but anyway, you know, the show, like I said, and I always rag on everything because that's what we do here in Pure Gold. I love the show. I think the show is it's definitely interesting. There's so much about it that fascinates. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you just wish they would move along. I think if this was a six-episode you know, a six-episode thing, if they were just moving along, I'm telling you, it would have just been amazing. The pacing would have been amazing. They spent so much so much ridiculous amount of time on the feet of one of the characters that it just, to me, it just pretty much, not that it deviates, but it almost takes away from the main story because it's like, oh, hey, this guy's feet. Let's talk about that for 20 minutes. And then why isn't he going back to his client? You know what I mean? So that was my only yeah. thing, sir, my only knock on this thing. Well, you know, again, we're not big on vulgar vulgarity and, you know, the the stuff on TV that is trash. But I guess some of it is necessary to, to portray what's going on, you know, especially in Rikers Island. And I think the sets, I mean, I've read about this. The sets are amazing, sir. I mean, you feel like you're actually in Rikers Island with the sets. These are not, you know, they're not doing this in Rikers Island. These are sets that are created from people that actually went and visited and spent a couple of days at Rikers Island. Oh, really? So, yeah, that's that. that's what's really impressive is the 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 background and all the sets that they use is, is really good. Wow, I had no idea. How do you know this? There were you a part of it? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, I I think that you know we could definitely talk about it after the series is over and see how it wraps up. Um, again, I, I've been captivated ever since. I remember watching it when I didn't watch it the first night it came out, which was July tenth. I watched you it when I re-aired it. Wait, you didn't watch The Night Of, The Night Of It's Premier? Exactly. I did not watch The Night Of on The Night Of. I watched it on July 17th, I believe. It was a Sunday night after coming back from um, okay. the story, uh, the true story of uh, the life story. Uh, I don't remember. The Story of Pets. You know that movie that for kids? The Secret Life of Pets? That's the movie right there. The Secret Good Life movie. of Pets. Good movie. Just so you know, as far as what I think about the... Um, the night of, I think it's uh, poo poo with a shot of caca. <laughs> That's exactly Whee! from the Secret Life of Pets. Yeah. So I great came home. By the way. That's a great we put my, Yeah, we put my daughter to bed. It was about eight thirty, nine o'clock. She goes to bed, and then I turn on the TV. I find I, I'm right at the point where Nas is being pulled over by the cops, and I'm like, oh, this is the show that I, I don't know, somebody was talking about, and, or it was on HBO. I saw a preview for it, or whatever. So I started watching it was captivated from the first episode and then I had to rewatch the first episode because I missed the first 20 minutes to see where why he was being pulled over and all that stuff and again the story's really good you're right there's a lot of fluff and there's stuff about like the the lawyer's feet um his in for uh, Too much you know the fact that his feet. yeah the fact that he's dysfunctional in the bed I mean it's I don't know if, there's a lot of symbolism definitely in the show so I don't know if the, the the producer, the director, or the writer was trying to make like you know use symbolism in this uh, this series, but uh, you know we'll see what happens next two episodes. It'll wrap up on August 28th, which will be the final episode. I'm sure everybody will be talking about it, the people that watch it anyway. Well, we'll the be, thing we'll that gets me, sir, 
you know, we were talking about is that at the beginning, the very beginning of the show, other than the little Pete thing, I felt like they were doing a great job pacing-wise. Like, the first episode is just riveting. It's absolutely riveting to see what happens, even the second episode. But once you start getting into three, four, five, it just kind of gets way off track. And then episode six, they're starting to bring it back. So it goes to show, it's kind of like when you watch, let's say, people complained about Daredevil, for example, on Netflix. It was 13 episodes. And it always seems like in that time frame, or, or 22-episode season, 23 episodes, there's always like three or four episodes that are just filler that, that they have to make, and it just seem like they just go through the motions because they have to. And if you cut all that out, you can make it an amazing series. And I guess that's the thing. So at the beginning, it really catches you, and now it's like they lost you and they're trying to catch you again. So. Yeah. I mean, let me ask you this question. One last question about Night Of, and then I want to talk about the failed drug tests of uh, the WWE uh, this past couple of days have been interesting in terms of people being suspended or being released or whatever. But I want to talk, ask you about this. The character Nas, who's in jail right now, has taken some interesting turns, right? We thought this, this innocent kid may or may have not have done this murder in the first episode because we don't know if drugs and alcohol played into it. He didn't know what he was doing or if he was just uh, using ecstasy and in a rage, he, he ended up killing her, stabbing her 22 times. Would you think it would have been more riveting, this series, if they kept him on the straight and narrow, be innocent kid, get beat up in jail, and all of a sudden at the end of the series, everything points to him and he gets convicted and he's in jail for life, and then he becomes like uh, this thug, just like the, you know, like the society creates the thug or does the, or does the thug create society? So what, what do you think about that? Well, I think that, I think that he was a – I don't think thug is the right word because he's definitely not a thug. I think there were some thuggish things about him, obviously some incidents and things that he had as you watch the show. But I think that a lot of it was more, you know, he kind of got pushed to his limit because of, you know, the 9-11 stuff that he talks about, you know, being a Muslim, as he says, Pakistani, you know, the way he, the way he pronounces it, uh, all these different things, you know, racism and stuff. I think that all kind of feeds into it, and then it just turns out where he's not as innocent – as you think he is, you know, and that's the thing, like, at the beginning, it's just like, he's the only suspect, he's the only suspect, but you, you think there's no way it could be him, and I still think there's no way it could be him, but, you know, at the, that's the way it was set up, and now in episode six, or five, actually, the end of episode five, they start, oh, wait, it could have been this guy, was the, the most ridiculous name of all time, by the way, for any character in any show, and then episode six, oh, wait a minute, but it could be this person over here, so now it's like, all right, you wasted four episodes, five episodes, and now you're getting to maybe it's somebody else. You know, that's the only thing, sir. The only, the other thing about the show, too, is that it, it's amazing how, you know, uh, like I said, it feels so real in terms of the way the, the story's portrayed and the, the acting and everything like that. And then I started thinking about other people that it affects as well. Not only does this affect Nas, the detective who's in it, the lawyer who's trying to get a big-time case and win a big-time case, but the toll that it takes on the family is just what really captivates me because I, I totally for you know other than watching the show I totally forget that yeah it uh, something like this would affect everybody and the family the, the mother and father husband and wife right really you can see what's happening to them and it's, it's sad in a way to see them taking the brunt of what Nas is going through. Well, uh, sir, the Mets are now winning by one run because it's four to three in the bottom. That's of been the three on Homer. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think that there should have been more time spent on that. Honestly, I agree. I think there should have been more time spent on that aspect of it than, you know, the feet and the, you know, Viagra or whatever. They could see. That's just, to me, they kind of, like, go off the rails. And then it's like, all right, well, 
this was interesting, and now it's like, really, you have to spend all this time talking about this, and everybody asked him about his feet, and, you know, it's, I, I harp on it, <laughs> but it's really my only major complaint about the show. I think the show, you know, gives an interesting portrayal of the way that the police operate, the way they treat people, the way that the justice system sort of works, like the wheels of justice, but I think that, to me, is just like a kick in the junk, as it were. Yeah, and what's interesting, and again, if you haven't watched the series, you probably have no idea what we're talking about, but then again, it's supposed to mean you talking about the show. <laughs> but th- what's interesting, too, is like, you know, again, when you said, like, they should have focused more on the parents, the, one of the, the most interesting scenes is when you find out that the father of Nas is also um, a partner or two partners with a taxi cab with the cab that Nas took that night, and they can't get the cab, and so their income is being hindered by the fact that the cab is now being held by the, um, the, you know, the police, and the fact that they have to actually sue the son for Grand Theft Auto, and like the father's line is is classic. He looks right into their eyes. He's like, "So you want me to sue my son for Grand Theft Auto?" I mean, I thought that kind of stuff was really riveting. I really liked the, even though I feel bad for the parents, I really liked those scenes, like where it's affecting the mother and father. And you can see that more oh, than anything, the mother doesn't. Bag and you. Listen, you're a total dirtbag, and you want this family to be ruined. That's pretty much what I've what I come away with when I listen to you. Well, isn't it interesting that the father does most of the talking in this whole series, and the mother does all the like the expressions, and you feel like you probably feel more bad for her because even though she's not saying many words, if anything, her expressions and her facial, uh, you know, she's basically worn out. I mean, she's a great actress just by the fact that you could tell that it's taken a huge toll on her physically and emotionally. Yeah, no, definitely has. They finally focused on her in the last episode. I mean, you know, one, once the feet got... <laughs> once the, you know, they should have done an episode on the parents' feet. They should have focused yeah. on the dad's feet and the mom's feet and then Naja's feet and then Chandra's feet. And it's pretty much, instead of... Sh- what they should do for this show in the last episode, instead of showing faces, they should just show the feet of the people and there just go. go the entire episode filming feet. I mean, I think that would really be, be a great thing for Tell me real fast too, since I'm I'm coming up with these questions before we get into the 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 end. Uh, talk about those people that got suspended for the wetlands violation. But tell me why you think they show the cat a lot, unless you already know why they show the cat a lot, and why they keep showing the deer on the um, in the house, like the the deer that's posted on the wall. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what's on camera. I don't. I guess I, the deer watching. It's possible. Could be a camera. I thought about that right before you said it. Um, I'm guessing that's what it is. It's just weird because the whole thing with the deer, with the cat. I mean, really, he. I'm just gonna start picking this show apart. We need to like change topic because I'm gonna convince everyone out that it's the worst show of all time by the time we finish. Before you do, I just want to also point out that I read this thread um, before we came on the air, saying that, and maybe I have to go watch the first episode again. But they said that when uh, Nas and Andrea walk into the house the first time that night. Uh, there's actually a hat on the deer's um, on the deer's antlers, and then when they go do uh, some the prints and everything by the cops at CSU, there's no hat on the deer anymore. So I don't know if like the person that did it left their hat on the deer, and then left uh, took the hat with them. So that'd be interesting. Yes, it would be interesting. Um, you know, it's just remember when he got the guy, his private investigator, to come in and you know check out the whole thing, and then he's like. Yeah. Does he pay by the? Do, are we charging? <laughs> is he charging us by the hour? I mean, that whole thing is interesting. I like the Chandra dynamic. There is a lot about the show I do like. Uh, Freddie's an interesting guy. You know, his whole thing with Nas. 
he's trying to make a proper con, quote unquote, a proper convict out of him, which you know, that, I don't even know if that's possible. Maybe Nas was a convict before, you know, who knows? I mean, that's the thing with the show. I just want to know who did it, and I want it to be over with so I can move on with my life because I feel like this is really impeding my ability to live. <laughs> all right, let's move on and with the your fact life. That, talk wait, sir, the fact that you're going to be gone all next week, we're not going to talk the whole week because you're going to be scumming it up on the on the beach. And then so the next two episodes, we're not going to talk about SummerSlam, we're not going to talk about Episode 7, and we're not going to talk about Episode 8 until, you know, two weeks from now. So you know what? I pretty much just have uh, one thing I need to say to you, sir, because this, I mean, there's just no other way around it. Uh, actually, I was thinking this. Go to hell! Exactly. No difference. jets, just that. <laughs> Same difference. Woo. So let's talk about the, the fact that the WWE has had a rash of uh, violations with the wellness policy. Uh, start with your top person that's been suspended. Um... That would be Eva Marie. I mean, really just devastated when I found out that Eve Marie was getting... Uh, is it Eva Marie or is it Eve Marie? I always forget because I, I don't Eva. even watch SmackDown. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Apparently her, her, apparently her husband came out and made a statement that people are going to be uh, furious when they find out what the real reason she got suspended for or what it was or whatever. So, I mean, who knows? You know, spouses shouldn't be allowed to have... Like uh, Steph Curry's wife, Aisha Curry, she pretty much proved spouses should not be allowed to have uh, any sort of you know, social media, because they just pretty much ruin lives. Um, you have her, you have, she was a surprising one, because out of nowhere, just the third person. They first, Alberto Del Rio, who I think is done with his WWE. I think this is it for him. He's, you know, he's washed up. But anyway, then yep. his girlfriend, Paige, weird relationship there. She gets suspended the, the, the same day, pretty much. And then the next day, Eva Marie gets suspended. So the three of them in two days, in like basically 24 hours time, get suspended for 30 days. It's just weird, sir. The whole thing is surprising. I know you made a comment that when they finally started enforcing the wellness policy, but even this, you got to admit, it's surprising. I mean, it was like one after another after another, the way you were kept saying, like, guess who's suspended now? Guess who's suspended now? Guess who's suspended now? Bang, 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 It was just like bang, 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 and then soon Mick Foley would be suspended for his drug use. Um, but, yeah, Albert Dorio and, and Paige, I mean, uh, wellness violation aside, I think that's just, like you said, a weird relationship. And maybe they were doing drugs together or, or steroids or whatever, and they're both suspended now. And you're right, I think that's the end of Alberto Del Rio. But does that mean he's headed to TNA and is Paige going to follow him? I don't know. Yeah, if he goes to if he goes to TNA, I just, I just don't think that she – well, what is she going to do in TNA? I mean, she hasn't had much of a career. Although, then again, Damian Sandler, who I like, by the way, um, I mean, Aaron Rex now in TNA, or Impact Wrestling, right, because TNA doesn't even count. We always refer to it as TNA, but technically, I think it's Impact Wrestling. Um, it when you look at When you look at that, they pretty much take any discarded WWE guy, and, uh, they make him a big deal. I just, maybe they'll do it with Paige. I just have no idea, sir. I feel bad for her. I really do. Yeah, and then, I guess, you know what's funny? With about, like, ten minutes left, I probably should call it a night, but... Um, the fact that we haven't even mentioned that there's like the one of the big four pay-per-views of the year coming up on Sunday, that's how bad it's been, uh, I guess, lately with wrestling. Um, the Summerfest, I believe, is this Sunday. Did, did you know that? Uh, Jeremy Piven Summerfest? What did they say? Exactly. That, that Summerfest. Oh, yeah. It is on Sunday. I say Brock Lesnar is going to beat. Um, he's going to show us that he doesn't give a crap about uh, Heath Slater's kids. I would pay yep. to see that match on pay-per-view. I would pay to see Brock Lesnar beat Heath, <laughs> Heath Slater and all of his kids. 
my my two daughters and all my kids. <laughs> you got to admit that was great. Tell, tell me, Heath Slater was not great in that in that whole thing, sir. He he was. I gotta say, he was absolutely awesome. He, to me, him and Brock really sold that segment. I mean, Paul was just basically spouting nonsense, and then Brock, when he calls me, come on, man, come here, let's, let's talk man to man. I respect that. You got kids. I, I got kids. <laughs> Let's talk about your kids. I don't give a beef about your kids. And the place absolutely exploded. I I loved that whole segment. I thought it was great. Although, I, honestly, I do think Brock should have F5'd him a couple more times or suplexed him a couple more times. I thought that was, you know, there wasn't enough suplexing. But I thought Heath was <laughs> – I literally laughed out loud when he said, I got my two daughters and all my other kids. <laughs> I actually well, laughed you know, out loud funny. throughout that whole segment. So tell me that wasn't one of the funniest, best segments on Raw in years. Oh yeah, I loved it. I just, I, I think it's even funnier to to note that we're talking about Brock Lesnar and you know Heath uh, right before Summerfest, and he's supposed to fight Randy Orton. And meanwhile, there's going to be a new championship belt being introduced to Raw, the Universal Title that nobody really talks about. And there's and there's a WWE champion that's on SmackDown, Dean Ambrose taking on uh, HBK. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, I mean. Dolph uh, yeah. Yeah, and the fact that, like, you got two world championships uh, that are going to be defended or, you know, for the first time ever on Sunday, Universal Champion, worst name ever, and we're talking about Randy, and we're talking about Brock Lesnar and Heath Slater's segment. Um, that's how, <laughs> how bad it is. I mean, seriously, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Let's talk about your kids. I'm gonna go watch that segment right now. I'm gonna hang up and I'm gonna go watch rewatch that segment because that whole thing was just absolutely pure gold, sir. Pure gold. You know what I thought was interesting? Like, tell me. I, I mean, we're good at fantasy booking. Tell me. I think the WWE kind of touched on something, but they're never gonna follow through on it. I like the fact that you would have a match between a Raw superstar and a SmackDown superstar. Right, let's but just that say, of like, course was started. That was started before either one of them split the brand split, so they didn't even right. know that that was going to be the issue. But I like the fact that if you want to create competition, like Vince says, other than the fact that you know make your show great and that's competition, whatever it's on the same night. That's, comp- it's that's on the absolutely same. competition. Yeah, but I like the idea of having like a Raw superstar, like them finding a Raw superstar against a SmackDown superstar, and they keep a tally for the first whatever six months of the year. Or whatever, and the winner of that, you know, winner of that show gets, per, for example, the, like the 30th entrant of the Royal Rumble, stuff like that would make I think Raw and, and SmackDown kind of interesting. Oh yeah, I'm sure that would make Raw and SmackDown kind of interesting. You know what I think would make Raw and SmackDown kind of interesting if Brock Lesnar and Heath Slater went toe to toe every single episode of each show. Um, that would make it interesting, and I think it would be great if we got to meet these kids. I think that's the next part this needs to go. I'm actually going to – I'm not even kidding you. I'm literally putting on Raw right now just so that I can watch it because I have no interest in the main event. I have no interest in pretty much anything except for uh, blowing up eggs in microwaves and, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. people's kids. You have How any awful was that, by the way? Awful. God awful. you have any interest in the universal title? Uh, I want to see what it looks like. I know you're a lunatic. You, I'm sure I'm going to get a text from you, you know, Expletive-filled text messages from you <laughs> on uh, on Sunday when it when it looks nothing like what you think it's going to look like, but I'm definitely curious to see where they go with that, sir. Yeah, I mean, who thought that name should be shot, hung, and uh, fed to Brock Lesnar? 
<laughs> or Heath Slater. Um, or I'm interested Slater. to see who wins that match with uh, Finn Balor and uh, your boy, uh, the Demon King. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about him for a second. And uh, Seth Rollins, that should be interesting. But really, let's, the main event, it, they've been building it up as Randy Orton versus... And, you know, this is going to be a four-hour pay-per-view. It's going to be like a six-hour awesome. event. They're pretty much turning into, this into like the, the summer WrestleMania, which to me is interesting. They're making it such a big deal. I always thought the Royal Rumble was the number two, um, you know, the number two event of the year, the Probably number not. two pay-per-view. But now it's really SummerSlam, and they're, and they're really, you know, making a point to bring that home, sir. They are, and the fact that it's four hours, god awful. <laughs> I mean, awful. there's not enough, there's not enough content to fill four, uh, four hours on that show. There's going to be a lot of fluff, a lot of crap to show, to watch, and you know, once Brock Lesnar beats Randy Orton, I'm sure this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that. Seth Rollins still beats Finn Balor uh, with some interference from Samoa Joe, and that that starts the feud uh, the following night. That would be great, except I want Samoa Joe to be on SmackDown. So if Joe loses the title, the NXT title, at the takeover the day before, then you'll know. But uh, it should be interesting to see where that goes. I mean, I just think that wrestling is so bad right now. It's just As fans, it's really hard to be a fan of it. Because even guys like Dave and Doug over on Busted Open, they're talking about how three hours is just too much. Three hours is too much television to fill. You know, yeah, two hours SmackDown seems to be better paced. It seems to be better. But they're never going to go back down to two hours. Why? Because the three hours is, you know, they're making money off that third hour or whatever from USA, and USA wants them. So to me, it's it's just too much. Honestly, it's, it's way too much wrestling. We've talked about this before. When you look at the fact that, uh, by the way, I have uh, the, the Brock Lesnar and Heath Slater segment queued up just to watch All right. it. And um, I'll make sure to have that as a soundbite for next week so we can always play Brock Lesnar uh, telling us what he thinks about your kids and my kids. But anyway, awesome. um, you know, your daughter and all the other kids that you have. But anyway, um, I think that it, it's just too much content. You have, look, four hours of SummerSlam, four awful hours of SummerSlam on Sunday. Then you have three awful hours of Raw on Monday. Then you have two hours of SmackDown on freaking on Wednesday, uh, sorry, Tuesday, and plus you have the NXT, you know, the, the TakeOver, the Brooklyn TakeOver, whatever. You're talking, what, let's see, four, seven, nine. You're talking about like 30, 11 or 12 hours of wrestling four days in a row. You have a Saturday event wrestling, Sunday wrestling, Monday wrestling, Tuesday wrestling. That's just too much. Way too much, sir. And not only that, September starts the uh, brand-specific uh, network specials, oh, a.k.a. pay-per-views, which is, which is really bad, so... Yeah, well, you're not. No one's paying for view anymore. But anyway, sir, um, let, let's see what happens at SummerSlam. Uh, hopefully, it won't be awful, and I'm sure I'll be hacking into your account somehow to see it. So let's. Hopefully, WWE is not listening to this. But sir, uh, I think it's time we call it a night. Um, I gotta go watch Brock Lesnar and talk about he played his kid. Yeah, I mean, next week I won't be on the air like you said. Uh, the week after that, we'll definitely talk SummerFest. We'll we'll wrap up the night of. We'll see that the Mets are totally out of contention, and football season will be right around the corner. So. Pure gold is the Mets back, are losing. baby. The I Mets know. are losing five to four. That is, this team can go to hell, seriously. Sir, as we have inch, a wonderful as we inch, evening. Wait, before you close out, as we inch close to 200, let's just uh, make sure that uh, we keep pure gold rolling um, every week from now on. What's the name of your show? Uh, pure gold. Pure gold. Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> gold. You guys are awesome. Yes, we are, Nikki. Yeah, you're right, sir. We're gonna, we have to get together for the 200th episode. Now that we know it's the 200th episode, i got to go back and count it. We'll make sure that, sir. <laughs> Woo, no folks, doubt. Folks, have a good evening. Let's go. Bang, bang, bang.